What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Anchor Room. All right, Pete, so I have a question for you. If you were a wrestler, what would be your wrestling name? What would be my wrestling name? <laughs> I can't say that I've ever contemplated that. Yeah. Well, good thing for you. There is a website called Name Generator for Fun. <laughs> and I entered your name to see what your wrestler name would be. Okay. Oh, wait, wait. I got one. I okay. Got one. Okay. From middle school, my <laughs> PE teacher used to call me um, the Silver Bullet. <laughs> so maybe I would be the Silver Bullet. The Silver Bullet. Yeah, that was actually a, a reference to a, a popular drink in the yeah. day, and my oh. middle school teacher was uh, known to indulge Uh-oh. in. So. <laughs> Gym so teachers always have like the you know the crazy reputation of being the weird ones, huh? Well, you can't say always. We have some alum who are You're... gym teachers. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> All right, but... Uh, according to Name Generator for Fun, your your wrestler name would be Gabriel the Mouth Suzuki. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, there's more. There's more. Okay, you are a tag weight, a tag heavyweight from Minnesota. Okay, you are a heel known for your excellent entrance music. Hey. Okay. And your finishing move is the nuclear screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> the nuclear screwdriver. I don't know how they come up with this stuff. <laughs> Gabriel the mouth. Suzuki. Suzuki. Like the car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Did you run your name? Yes. I, I just had to. You know, I had to okay. find out who I truly am. Yeah. And according to this website, my restaurant name is Ivan the Dog Rogan. <laughs> what? And so I'm a cruiserweight from Oklahoma. Okay. Never even been to Oklahoma, but here okay. we go. This is who I am. And I'm a heel known for uh my old school style, whatever that means. Mm. And my finishing move is the big driver. Mm. Get <laughs> well, over here. I-, I like how they don't even try to work our real name into it. They <laughs> Absolutely. just give you, you know. Yeah. But they were right. I am from Minnesota originally. Oh, I was born in Minnesota. Wow. So, now uh, now I'm kind of freaked out a bit here. <laughs> Maybe they're onto more than oh, you know. No. <laughs> I, at least I've never been to Oklahoma that I know of, but uh, that got too real too quick. <laughs> anyway, you know what else got too real too quick? What's that? Housing season. Oh, tell me about it. Yep. It's that time of the year again. This time it's felt like it just snuck up on us and gave us a... Uh, uh, right screwdriver. What, what's it called? <laughs> a big driver to the face. <laughs> oh, you're funny. Uh, you yeah, yeah. I must say, I have long lamented the fact that mm. housing is when it is. In fact, I have had conversations with people in, in the administration to say, "Is yeah. there anything you can do?" There's nothing they can do. This it's... is a a capitalistic uh, <laughs> enterprise of yeah. when leases start to get signed and it's pushed earlier and earlier. And then it's kind of stuck around the beginning of October, right. end of September. The problem is it's already really early. Well, this year people moved in a couple yeah. weeks later and I am so empathetic to yeah. first years who just got their proverbial posters up right. on the wall and <laughs> yeah. are trying to figure out, are we going to be here all semester, right. right? And trying to make friends with face masks on. And and now mm-hmm. they're being told they need to sign a lease. Wow. I yeah. just, that is, uh, 
that is a lot to ask, and yeah. so I'm very empathetic to our students, and I wish we could change it. Right. I've tried uh, <laughs> to have conversations with the right people, and it's just not something that's within our jurisdiction and power Definitely to change. Um, so as a result, it is one of those things that's kind of forced upon us to start thinking mm-hmm. about if people want to live off grounds, which um, I know that a lot of people really enjoy and can be meaningful, and uh, yet... It seems so early. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I have a question for you, Rigo. All right. Um, From your college career and your college experience, what would you consider people or encourage people to consider as they consider their housing? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, I actually ended up being an RA my second year and the rest of my college career. Mm. And I will say that even though it was full of uh, a lot of... uh, challenges so to say mm-hmm. <laughs> i would say it was actually a highlight of my college career wow and i really enjoyed um being an ra having access to many types of students and and yeah it definitely afforded me a lot of great opportunities to even uh share my faith mm. and be real with you know even like some of the guys that live like right next to you and are causing all the the ruckus then you go in and and you end up having a real conversation and, and it, it just kind of afforded me a lot of really cool opportunities like that. And I really loved it. And, and the pay wasn't bad. So, you know, I didn't complain about that. Free so, housing. Free housing and meal plan. And, yeah. And, and we yeah. got a meal plan too. So, Hey, I'm all about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a great option that you can consider here. Um, being an RA here at, at UVA. Um, and, and yeah, being, uh, uh using, that as a platform for God to use you in a lot of in a lot of neat ways, being a big brother or a big sister to many people mm-hmm. who uh, might be learning the ropes uh, as you are right now. Um, but yeah, Pete, what what about what some other opportunities out there that uh, students can take advantage of? Well, I'll just affirm that we've seen over my my twentieth year mm-hmm. here now, God use RAs in really significant ways to be a source of encouragement and comfort and counsel and yeah. wisdom students and in ways that have had really great consequence on students lives so i think that's a great thing to pray about and say Definitely. is this what you'd have me to do and to apply for that if that's what the lord would have um i've also seen something else that the lord has really used powerfully in people's lives and probably in in no overstatement in life-changing ways and that is um through their housing who they mm-hmm. choose to live with i've probably seen yeah. Uh, well, I've seen so many lifelong friendships and transformations happen simply by the choice that they made of who would be um, the people they come home to yeah. after a long day. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen people really struggle when they made decisions that were maybe a little ill-advised. And um, of course, there's many different ways to handle your housing and think about your housing. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, most of us, when we come home, we want to have a place that we come home to where we're going yes. to um, be built up and encouraged and strengthened Definitely. and a place where we're going to be understood and a place where um, we can, when we come home without some wind in our sails, somebody mm-hmm. can help more wind be put in our sails. Yeah. And if we come deflated, help inflate us again to, yeah, um, to a place that's healthy and get, help us get back on mm-hmm. our feet. And I just feel like the opportunity to live in brotherhood and sisterhood is something that really mm-hmm. um, should be considered. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, there's many ways to think about housing, but I've just seen it be so consequential and lifelong brotherhood and lifelong sisterhood result um, out of simply who they choose chose to sign a lease with. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. And and if you're in that boat where you're trying to figure out uh, or trying to gather a group of people, maybe your core group is is one of those areas you're trying to pull from. We definitely have some uh, uh, resources out on our website, and there's also a spreadsheet of of Chi Alpha houses that we know. Uh, they're not owned by Chi Alpha. They they just have Chi Alpha students in them, but uh, houses that we know have some vacancies for next year. And so there's a spreadsheet going out. You can access that through our our Instagram on our link there or on our website. We have them. We have that Excel sheet up there. If you want to go take a look at look at it and see what's available and maybe start asking questions and schedule a tour or something like that. Yeah, and we also have made a form that we made a, a few years ago. Of- how to help people form a house. Yeah. Like what are the things you should talk about as you consider signing the lease and you set the standards for your house. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'd like everybody who uh, will be living in a house to think about. What will people experience when they step into our house? And will our house look more like the kingdom of Mm -hmm. God or the kingdom of man? Yeah. Will it reflect when people step into our house, will they experience the kingdom of God at work? Mm-hmm. Or will they experience the kingdom of Adam at work? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what's going to help us move in those directions? And so to think about what would be the policies of your house, mm-hmm. how can we safeguard this house to be a house that reflects the kingdom of God, yeah. if you will? And and kind of to talk about those things up front so you have the same expectation mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in. Because if you can have similar expectations and similar goals as you start that house, man, it could be just a powerful, uh, life-giving reality in your life and to those who don't live in the house, but yeah. you're all in relationship with. It can become a a place that is a bit of an epicenter for community mm-hmm. and a, a place of great uh, blessing to many, even outside of the house. And so um, I would encourage people to be wise and thoughtful as they form a house. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I will also say, you talked about this spreadsheet, what a gift it is mm-hmm. that these houses could maybe be passed down and not to take that for granted because we know how many years it took for some of these houses to come in the fellowship. Yes. And sometimes it can be hard to find mm-hmm. a house that mm-hmm. um, is in the place you would want and, and mm-hmm. be uh, what you're looking for. And so um, the blessing is there's some houses that are turning over and, and there's some uh, godly fourth years who'd love to pass <laughs> yeah. it on to a new generation so it can bless them like they've been blessed. And so anyways... Uh, there's no pressure with any of this. This is just um, encouragement right. of how to think about right. it. And ultimately, I want to end this part of the conversation where we started. I think it's too soon. <laughs> yeah. But unfortunately, we don't always get to choose those things. And so um, right. how do we make wise decisions in the midst of um, really a, a real abbreviated time before mm-hmm. this happens? And um, like I said, I wish it was in the spring semester, right. frankly, but that's they didn't ask me. Yeah, so. definitely. Well, we wish you guys the best out there. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to any of us if you have any questions or if we can help you guys out. As you Talk to your core group this. leaders. Absolutely. See how they've helped navigate it. Yeah. And, um, or how, how they've navigated and how they could help kind of give you some advice of um, what they've learned over the years as well. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, let's jump into some of our, some of our questions for today. Um, and our first question comes from... Hayden Sarpong. And so he wanted to ask, um, would you say these horsemen are being let loose now? Because I felt like I saw a lot of parallels between our current times and the horsemen. 
And so um, for those of you that haven't watched or listened to the podcast yet, uh, Pete talked about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And so that's part of the reason why we started talking about wrestlers at the beginning, because they always come out with this big bang and music and fireworks. And I always feel like every time I read this portion of Revelation, the four horsemen are coming in, in such a radiant display and, and not so good ways as well. And so, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And so, yeah, Pete, how would you answer this fresh, this first uh, question here by Hayden? Yeah, it really is interesting how when we look at our world today, we do see the horses running. And so, Hayden, I would agree with uh, the propensity that of you hearing a lot of parallels between what we read and what we see in our world today. And the fact is, as I've studied Revelation and a lot of the scholars I've read said, probably um, this passage defines life in the fallen world mm. about as accurately as any passage in, in the book of Revelation. And so, yeah, I, I feel like um, there are times in the history of the world where, uh, first of all, let's start with, in God's mercy, he constrains the impact of evil in our world. And so as I, I mentioned in the message, it's like as the four horsemen run, that he lengthens the leash and mm -hmm. allows the, the power of evil a little more leash. It's still restrained because it can only mm -hmm. impact a quarter of the popu world's population directly. Um with the, the picture here. And of course, this is meaning it won't be everybody. I'm not saying it's literally mm -hmm. a quarter because numbers are used fairly figuratively in apocalyptic literature. But the point yeah. is, is this, is that he is still restraining evil, but letting it have a little bit more leash so we can experience mm. the impact of our mm -hmm. depravity and the impact of evil in our world. And ultimately, as we see um, in chapter 9, that, that would lead us to repentance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of course, what we see in chapter 9, sadly, is that they still don't repent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Hayden, uh, this is a picture of our fallen world today that the horses run. And so will the we experience different levels of the horses running at different times? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, I think so. That there will be times where it will seem like things are at more of a fevered mm -hmm. pitch as it builds towards the end, yeah. if you will. I. You know, Jesus told a parable of the uh, of the wheat and the weeds, mm. and it says this, that the wheat will grow up with the weeds. In other words, what's going to happen in our world is the wheat, which is a picture of the kingdom of God, is going to continue to grow, as well as the weeds are going to continue to grow. And so what we're going to see in the history of the world, I can tell you what's going to happen. The wheat's going to continue to grow, the kingdom of God's going to continue to advance, and the weeds are going to continue to grow. In other words, we're going to see yeah. the impact of evil more and more and more. And so this passage is a sober reality of what life in the fallen world is like. The good news is, as I ended last mm -hmm. night, is we can stand yeah. because of the spirit, the seal of the spirit in our lives, and then ultimately our, our hope that we have in Christ that we will be victorious. Yeah, so the second question is, um, he also wanted to know what which human sins relate to each horseman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, anytime we deal with the fallenness of the world and the brokenness of the world and evil in the world, um, I would I would caution us to drawing one to one parallels of one sin to a ramification of sin in direct contrast. Like, oh, this is happening because this country did this, or this person did this, mm. or, um, now 
there may be some connections to be drawn, but anytime we start to say we can perfectly understand all of that, I think we kind of like Corona happening because the, uh, the horseman of the pestilence is out on the loose. Right. Or, (laughs) and that was released because, because someone did this or some country did this and that that's what caused this horse. And so therefore, you know, I'm just a little bit personally hesitant to do that. However, Mm -hmm. I will say, um, the first horse, the white horse of of a conqueror bent on conquest. Well, wh- where does that come from? It comes from the um, the desire of humanity for power, mm-hmm. the desire of humanity yeah. uh, that that's motivated by all sorts of things, right? That mm-hmm. um, uh, of darkness, greed, yeah. pride, all of those things. And then next is bloodshed, and the and how this um, sense of um, disdain we can develop develop towards other people both mm-hmm, individually mm-hmm. and corporately mm-hmm. um leads to bloodshed and it talked about how the second horse runs and it has the ability to take peace from the earth and cause people to kill each other where this gets more and more deeply seated with hatred mm-hmm. and discord and bitterness yeah. and animosity that ultimately results in violence Mm-hmm. And so what is it that fuels that, you know? I mean, the Bible tells us some things that mm-hmm. that fuel that and it speaks of how selfish ambition and envy yeah. and James 4 can fuel those things. It can, you know, of course our own fallen hearts and yeah. um anyways, there's so there are definitely sins that can fuel the horses, mm-hmm. but I'm not always sure it's a direct one-to-one yeah. um, parallel, you know, uh causality if you will right right and then as you continue to flow what what causes famine and what Mm -hmm. causes uh economic injustice and economic suffering well greed can Mm -hmm. can cause that and yeah um anyways so there so we can draw some sins that can lead towards Mm -hmm. that Um, but when we see something i would i would encourage us, uh, us to think Perhaps what what could have let this horse run, but at the same point, understand it's the totality of evil mm-hmm. in the world. It's the totality of the of the depravity of humanity bent against God mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is causing this. And as a result, these horses run. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now that's really a good encouragement to as we even go on reading, you know, the rest of this book, which is full of more imagery. You know, we had definitely have to caution ourselves from trying to draw uh, two directive parallels uh, to our, our current time and age. Um, but you also talked about seals, um, the seven seals that, you know, mm-hmm. that we, that we read about here. And uh, yeah, uh, there's a portion about the church suffering mm-hmm. and yeah, if you can just tell us a little bit more about, yeah, maybe what, how we can apply this idea that we see here um, through that. Yeah. You know, I was thinking Rigo about the, there are some branches of uh, current Christianity that is known about be called the prosperity gospel that mm. that the goal God's goal for your life is that you would be healthy and wealthy mm-hmm. and of course who doesn't want health and wealth right? right and and it doesn't mean that God doesn't ever bring blessing in those ways I mean mm-hmm. we believe mm-hmm. that God does heal and that God does provide right but to where that is the the end goal and when I read about the fifth seal of the martyrs who have been martyred. For their faith, and they're like, mm-hmm. "How long, oh Lord?" Right, right, right. That I'm thinking, you know, God has bigger things in in mind than our health and wealth. Those, 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 those 
are things that, of course, we would be grateful for and we don't want to take for granted. But we see that his response to them is a very unique response, Mm -hmm. right? It's, um, well, it's how long, O Lord? Not quite yet, because Mm -hmm. there are more people who uh, will give their lives Mm. um, before I judge the inhabitants of the earth. In other words, there's still more people that need to bear witness to me. And and Mm. what does that tell us about, and bear witness to me unto death? And what does that tell us about um, what God is doing in the world? It tells us that the kingdom of God advances, as we talked about last Mm -hmm, week in this very podcast, through the sacrificial faithfulness of God's people to see his kingdom advance. And... Again, this is so jarring to us because we are so much focused on our own comfort. Mm -hmm. And again, um, there's nothing bad about wanting to be healthy and there's nothing bad about wanting to be provided for. But when we think that that is God's agenda, Mm -hmm. um, and and this tells us that his agenda is something that is bigger, Mm -hmm. right? That Mm -hmm. um, could actually cause us to give up some of these things uh, for the sake of his kingdom. Yeah, and you know what? It also kind of reminds me as well that this idea of mercy is not always as black and white as maybe we might think about it in our finite perspective, right? That God would allow his people to suffer Mm -hmm. more for more lengths of time so that others could hear about his name. That's good. And that they could also be included in this family, which we see later on. In chapter seven. And so this in some ways is an extension of his mercy, but it's not as right cut clear and, and as, as we think it is, but I believe it's definitely an extension of his mercy to continue letting people bear witness to him onto death so that others may enter the fray into the family yes, of God. Yes. In fact, what we see and what we know is how does that um, every tongue, tribe, nation, and people end up around God's throne in victory, it Mm -hmm. is because people were willing to sacrifice Mm -hmm. and to lay their life down for the glory of Jesus in the nations. And again, um, Revelation is so challenging to our uh, egocentric perspective of our lives and so challenging to think that God's about our agenda versus us being about His kingdom, right? And and I I say that lightly because none of us want to sign up to suffer none of us want to you know but the point is is where the supremacy of jesus in our lives would cause us to live for something greater than our own comfort than our own um personal um yeah personal comfort and uh economies if Mm -hmm. you will yeah but for something greater and and so uh this is a, a powerful reminder that orients us towards yes god's mercy and how god's kingdom moves forward through mm-hmm. people who are abandoned to Christ. So yeah, Pete, I think that's a, a very helpful reminder of, you know, our role as a church as we we go through trials and suffering that it's not just for our sake that God's trying to show us something but also to build his church and his kingdom Amen. ultimately, you know. And I love this grand vision that John sees that shows us that when whenever we do go through suffering, it's not just uh, this myopic thing where oh, it's just all about me, but no, it's also about how it builds and strengthens the kingdom. Um, so, Which allows us to have endurance and perseverance in the midst of that suffering. And I, you know, that's one of the themes of Revelation is the importance of 
um, overcoming the importance of persevering and enduring. And uh, that's what the whole book is about, is to inspire that. And so these are wonderful pictures, though gritty and even hard at times, but wonderful mm-hmm. pictures that giving us a sense of context by which we can then persevere and endure in our faithfulness to Jesus as people have for centuries. Yeah. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and uh, definitely want to encourage you guys again to have a good housing sign-up season and all that and and to use us as a resource. That's Uh, right. Let us know how we can help. Absolutely. Well, until next time, we'll see you later. Peace out.